Hello and welcome everyone to the Balthazar NFT Gaming Podcast. My name is Luke. I am the gaming content executive here at Balthazar. And this week we have a special episode called Indie Week. Indie Week is all about bringing on games that don't have as large of communities such as Alluvium, Star Atlas, Blankos, some of those bigger name games because we really believe that there are going to be great Web3 gaming that comes from indie games as well. And in today's Indie Week, we have guests from Trantorian, Wildlands, and Icons of Tia to share about their games and talk about building a Web3 game. So I hope you enjoy the conversation and please go check out all three of these great Web3 games. So I think it'll be fun just to kind of kick off as we wait for people to kind of come in. Um, Manuel, just a little introduction. Like, what is your uh, maybe, I like to call it like the elevator pitch of your game. How do you explain it for maybe someone that's never heard about it before? Okay, okay, let's start. Our game is, it's called Trantorian. Trantorian, it's it's basically, we're aiming to, to create the first truly sustainable metaverse. We're developing it as a platform so developers can host multiple interconnected games. We are getting started with a space-themed game where players will take part on the birth of a persistent and endlessly growing and ever-expanding ever metaverse. Where in the, in the first part of the game that we're launching is you could play as a, as a fleet commander where you can explore like say uncharted sectors of the galaxy where you can trade in in-game resources between planetary systems and of course you can you can battle against what we call the space pirates and on a 4x game style i don't know if you're familiar with with those like any any kind of endless space or even online we're, we're aiming to to take everything that we like from those games and kind of bring it together in in one it's it's also real time and nothing. We we believe that that's a, an amazing genre and one that we love. And of course, you have the the second gameplay that it's as a space tycoon, we, as we call it, where you can govern and exploit planetary systems to grow as a on a city building game, where you can become like a a very important, like the backbone of the Galactic Union, where you provide essential services to the fleet commanders, such as restocking, recharge, warehousing, et cetera, et cetera. That's, that's basically what we're cool. building. Yeah. Guy, if you want to share first about icons of uh, Thea, or I, I feel like I always say it lot wrong, so remind me how to pronounce it and then <laughs> give us the elevator pitch for it. Yeah, I did you write Icons of Tia. So pretty much the idea for Icons of Tia here is uh is to make a game that first and foremost, like you know, it is a game. So with the core concepts, like you know, what a game should be, like you know, fun, enjoyable, like uh, competitive, thrilling, playing alone, playing with friends, you know, like uh being the reason why we play games. Being like you know, first and foremost a game, but uh, with the addition, like you know, powered by what like you know the blockchain can offer. In which case, like you know, for us, like as two main factors, the first uh, is true asset ownership. That uh, whatever you acquire in the game, like tokenized, means that like you no, know, us as a developer, as a publisher, we don't have like, direct control. What you as a player you do with your assets, meaning that you can trade, sell, uh, send to friends, you know, like uh, you know whatever that we know, like you know, from uh, other Web three games. And the second component is is like kind of like the creator tools that we're going to be submitting, we're going to be like releasing for our players in which then they can create new maps, new game modes, uh, you know, let the creativity flow and create like, you know, kind of their own strategy game experience around the TI, using the TIP, yeah, around the TI ecosystem and be able like, you know, to like tokenize those assets as NFT that, you know, they can earn like you know, passive income as other users. Uh, play, you know, use their assets and so on. Um, Icons of Tia is a turn-based strategy game, uh, aka like a tactical RPG. Uh, if you're familiar with games such as like, you know, Fire Emblem, like, you no, know, then it's like, you know, it's a good, like, you know, starting point here. Um, you control a team of like a heroes, we call the icons, each of them unique abilities, uh, unique, like, you know, in-game classes. And uh, with the goal, like, you know, to, to defeat the enemy team, to capture victory points and, like, you know, turn more points than the enemy team, uh, we are 
going to release the game for mobile on iOS and Android. Uh, we're going to be doing a soft launch in Southeast Asia on Q1 next year with a global launch planned for Q2. We're currently very close to our first closed beta where we're going to be inviting several hundreds of players that already signed up on our website uh, to play the game, to test the game and give feedback. Probably going to be taking place uh, there in middle of next month. And uh, yeah, I think that's a big, like, you know, kind of like, you know, pretty much like, you know, everything you need to know about, like, you know, basically about IXFTO. Sweet. Yeah, it's been awesome. I, I've been doing a little bit of the playtesting that you sent me and had fun trying to figure it out. I will say, uh, I, part of me, I'm like, what am I doing? And so I definitely got to destroy the first couple of rounds trying to figure out what I was doing in the game, but it was uh, fun to try it out. So I'm interested to hear more on what's upcoming. But uh, let's jump over to Mar. And, and if you want to give a little, uh, little elevator pitch for Wildlands, what you guys are doing there, I literally have. Uh, never been able to even check out your game since we just met. So <laughs> be interesting to hear what is your game like? Yeah, of course. So we're a city builder and auto battler, a combination game where on the side you can build a city which produces resources, pretty basic. And you produce food, iron, wood, and stone. And to optimally produce these resources, you have to place buildings in the correct spots. You need houses. And you can start building unit-producing buildings, which will go towards the auto-fighting part of the game, which is the kind of my my love child I've been working on for quite a bit. And I was like, you know what? I was a mathematician and data scientist by trade, and I love blockchain, so I might as well kind of convert these things towards it and put it on there. love Tezos. But for me, I've always liked auto-battlers and auto-chess. And, um, but... I always liked RTSs as well. I was a huge Age of Empires 2 fan. I loved everything along that. StarCraft 1, StarCraft 2. and But I liked auto chess, but I feel like I didn't have... I wanted more RTS, but I didn't want to just have my brain so occupied. Like in StarCraft 2, my clicks per minute, it's just it's stressful sometimes, so... I was like, okay, maybe I can kind of combine these two concepts. So it's an auto chess game where you give kind of general orders, but you're not sitting there spamming where you're just having a freaking aneurysm for two hours. And this is fun, you know? Um, we just made a game that has like 14 basic troops and they have different abilities and whatnot. You combine them, they form little squads or battalions. And yeah, you just fight, you just duke it out for a bit. There's round by round, so you have the auto chess feeling. But during the round, you can influence what your troops are doing instead of them completely automatically fighting for you. So I don't, I hate to say maybe semi-automatic chess, but that's pretty much what the game kind of game we're making. And yeah, that's about it right now. Awesome. Well, thank you for the little intro. It's an interesting concept. And I love hearing how all these Web3 games, it seems like you guys are being pretty innovative and, and not just in the blockchain space, but also coming up with new ideas in the gameplay itself or blending genres. I think that's really fun. So uh, thank you guys all for being here today. Uh, just a little setup for Indie Week. Uh, what I am really excited as we do these each month is not necessarily that you guys are an indie game or you know a small development studio. More so, the whole point of this is just to feature some games that uh, are besides you know the ones that everyone knows about, whether that's Alluvium or Star Atlas or Sandbox or you know you name the the big Web three games that have a massive massive audience. You know, put you out on to our podcast platforms as well. So thank you guys for taking the time today. Um, it'll be interesting to hear a little bit more about your games, but also just have a conversation between uh, the four of us on building a Web three game. So that's kind of where I want to start today. Uh, is I'm just curious why you guys chose to build a Web3 game in the first place. And I know some of you guys mentioned it in the intro. But when I look at it, you know, I, I really do believe in Web3 gaming, NFTs, all those things. But it is quite risky, right? There's a lot of still negative sentiment in gamers about NFTs and crypto. There's different regulations in countries. There's just, you know, you can name probably a, a handful or a whole list of challenges or extra risks that come with building a Web3 game. So... Uh, whoever wants to go first, I'd love to just hear what inspired you to take this risk. All right. If you want, I can, I can take that one. Yeah, go for it. <clears throat> it yeah, sure. Uh, 
in our case, I think that first, first and foremost, we uh, Sebas, that is right there, uh, Nico, that that they both are the the co-founders of, of Trentorian. We are all blockchain enthusiasts, and we really believe in decentralization and all the benefits that it brings to the table. And after that, of course, we are basically gamers. We love games, and and of course, as as blockchain enthusiasts, we think that. Gaming, it's one of the best ways to onboard and to to. It's one of the best use cases for blockchain, and and truly, it's something that makes sense from day one. I mean, for myself, I've been playing any game, you name it: League of Legends, Dota, CS:GO, CS, whatever. And I've spent a, a good amount of money in, in skins and and whatnot, for example. And I've never truly owned them; they've never been mine. And and I think that that's, uh, for example, one of the the great and the and the the most important things that that blockchain brings, and and for example, in 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 any kind of of game, you can you can have the factor of governance where where the community actually gets together and they decide or they they vote on on what's what's next for the project for the game for for anything. It 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 brings. It brings a lot of great things, and and for us, it's it's just the future, and and the whole the whole thing is in making a great game that people will will like, either it's blockchain or, or web two or not. I mean, it's it's just up to the game. We have to focus on making great games, and the blockchain part is just another aspect of it that we just actually have to make as seamlessly possible as we can. Because it's it's as you said, it still has a lot of challenges and a lot of taboos in it that we have to surpass. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that NFT ownership as one of the most important things, and and yet there's so many gamers who see NFTs and just hate them. Do you, do you guys think that's just lack of education? Do you guys think gamers yeah. actually really don't want to own their in-game <laughs> assets? Like, what's going in on my, here? Yeah, in my opinion, it's just lack of education because they have to if, if they would be able to to understand the concept that any skin that you own in League of Legends, for example, you could trade. It's not necessarily make a profit out of it. I don't I don't care about the profit. I mean, just be able to own it, to trade it, to to do whatever. In, in the old days, for example, when you used to buy to buy a hard copy of a game, I come from that era where you got the the new DVD for for whatever game for Resident Evil and. I would trade it with my friends because probably I didn't have the money to buy a different game or a different copy. So I would just trade mine for a different one. That's basically the same. Now you own digital copies that you can't trade, you can't do anything. And well, that kind of solves it. I think if I might add here, I think the biggest problem here is not like, you know, gamers don't want like, you know, through ownership that currently exists in traditional game, like CSGO skins, like, you know, they are a gigantic market where like now you can trade your you know, CSGO skins so like yeah, the official trade is, is is done through this steam marketplace uh we can't like not technically cash out like you know you get like you know you sell your skin in the steam marketplace and you get like you no know, uh, the steam credit that you can use on steam but there's a huge huge informal market in which like you no know, gamers sell their your skin for real cash so it's like kind of proof that uh this already exists in game in general but uh, with the downside like you know that um in this case, publisher like you no know, Valve Steam, like you know, they have completely control over the assets um, because they are like you no know, centralized, completely centralized, like you know, and then it means like you no know, publisher can do whatever they want. Uh, but that doesn't mean like you no know, the gamers like you no know, don't want that. It's just like you know, kind of more like the case like you know they don't know they want to have their assets like you know safe, like you no know, decentralized without a direct input from the publisher, without like you no know, a publisher having direct control over them. And that calls like, you know, blockchain. Um, the problem I see, blockchain is, in my opinion, the perfect solution to this problem. Uh, and gamers just don't know that. Uh, the main problem is caused by, you know, existing uh, Web3 games trying to honestly shove, the, shove down gamers' throats, like, you know, the idea of NFTs, of true asset ownership in a, uh, Somewhat, like I would say, like you know, in many cases, like aggressive way, um, that it's it's a little kind of like you know hostile to traditional gamers, in my opinion. 
And uh, with the aggravant that, like, you know, <laughs> existing Web3 games are not really enticing, let's say, for traditional gamers. So I think, like, once we have, like, you know, first actual, like, you know, high-quality Web3 games, like, being released in the market, second, Web3 games, uh, understanding that uh, the way to introduce traditional gamers of, you know, of the and like you know the magical properties of blockchain like you know decentralization in a game um is like not by shoving down like you know you need to sign up using a wallet you need to like kind of like you know register these like they'll do like, a lot of complicated things that are not as simply as you it might look like you know for a like you know no native web3 user um that the way to go is onboarding a game or just like you know um onboarding works in any traditional game and then gradually start kind of like you now the introduction of the Web3 component. That's like, you know, what are we going to do in our own game? And that, in my opinion, the way to go. Once this path, like, you know, I take and I think like, you know, gamers will start seeing like, you know, the properties of NFTs, of blockchain general in gaming and start having a more positive view to it. For me, like, you know, the perfect comparison is like when um, free-to-play games were introduced, like, you know, around like 15 years ago. First, like, you no know, very simple games like FarmView on Facebook, for example, where gamers mocked a lot because, like, you no, know, this is not real gaming. Real game, like, you no know, games that you play, you know, to pay. Like, free games, like, you know, the thought was, like, you know, and I was guilty of that 15 years ago, is that, like, you know, free games were just, like, a kind of, like, a joke. But once, like, you know, high-quality, like, free games started getting introduced in the market, it became, like, it dominated the market. It's now, it's now like, no, it's kind of, like, no, it's ruling the market. It's, like, no, mobile market is absolutely dominated by free-to-play games. Even, like, no, PC console, in some degrees, also, like, no, has a huge participation in free-to-play games. So I see exactly the same happening long-term, honestly, for blockchain Web3 games. Are you saying, Guy, that all my cool mathgames.com days weren't high-quality gaming? Sorry? <laughs> no, I'm just making a bad I joke. There was, was a, gaming. There was a... Uh, <laughs> A free-to-play thing back in my days when you know I was going to school it would always be the one site that you could play at school was coolmathgames.com and so they'd sneak it in there anyways I, I love what you're saying there though about you know the, the transformation of the space over time and how we're going to get there and I, I think icons of tia it sounds like you guys are kind of in that trend of hey let's move away from some of this web3 specific language so that it's not a barrier to entry Marn, I'm curious, how does Wildlands handle that? Because I, I do see games more so what Guy is saying of let's move away from some of that language. And I see other games who are very much so still saying, hey, we're play to earn. We have crypto. We have NFTs. And they, they heavily use that language as a marketing. Uh, wh what do you guys do at Wildlands? How do you guys think about that? So we kind of did an initial survey of a lot of the people that were on the Tezos network and some of the Tezos communities everywhere. And one of the biggest things that came back were blockchain games, which is not fun. They're, they're expensive. I mean, it's more of an investment. Like I got into a lot of this cause I was just investing and I just wanted to make a fun game, but I like the technical thing technical aspects you could bring to a game from a blockchain because my background's in math and cryptography and data science and so i was just thinking wow look so i used to play games where we'd look for the next dupe all the time looking to duplicate something and ruin the game economy but then i could just put this on a blockchain that's secure so there's duplication of items couldn't happen or x or y or things like that and I just wanted my game's economy to be stable. So I was like, yeah, put it on the blockchain because I was originally going to release this without a blockchain. And honestly, yeah, that's why I want to use the blockchain. Like there's some of the games just aren't fun right now. I think there's a good opportunity to get in there and even just make something simple. And what we want to do is pretty much make the price of our game. Is, we want to peg it to a certain thing and make it like you're buying a Steam game almost. Cause I just want something affordable as well. You know, that's where we're at right now. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's almost, I think it sounds like you're coming at blockchain almost from a different perspective than a lot of the games I hear. It's, it's really interesting to hear you talk about, you know, you're just looking to stabilize the economy and make it secure. And it's not so much about the play to earn aspect. Is that, am I hearing that right? Yeah. Because I mean, there's triple a titles that are just 
works of art, you know, how much, how many hours did I put in Assassin's Creed, Black Flag, or, you know, even just Civ Five, just all these great games and they cost $50. You know, why am I going to spend a thousand dollars for one piece of land? You know, I, I, I did on Tezotopia and whatnot or things like that because I was making money off it. It was just an investment. The game wasn't even out yet. And then you have Kickstarters that have, look, a $10,000 package, but I mean, you own like a tenth of the game at that point. <laughs> and, but it doesn't, I don't know. It just, it kind of, it irks me a bit because it started as a, it makes sense why they did that. They started with a whole profile pick things. People are learning what you could possibly do with blockchain technology, what it can be used for, because a lot of people had no idea why it was used for anything but transactional value. Because Bitcoin initially is just a ledger and Ethereum became so smart contracts coming out and people are taking it further and further. And everyone was excited to invest in this. They kind of just jumped on anything they could. I mean, like Axie Infinity, you look at that on paper is one of the worst economies video game economies that has ever existed it's a it's literally i hate to say it, it's a ponzi scheme because it's just the investments of those on top are paying off are from the bottom up are paying the people on top because i owned land there too and it's not like i was producing anything of value in fact everything i produced made productions for everything else to so say like i breeded the axes and then oh wait I, okay so i burned a little slp but now I have something that makes even more SLP. And the only reason SLP was going to go up in price was because the demand was going to go up because more players wanted to play it and earn. So the like, economy, it's, it was a growth economy. It was destined to fail from the beginning, much less with a giant $620 million hack. And so, yeah, I just, I'm trying to stray, stray away from that because there's great things that blockchain can bring to gaming, and it's not that. No, I think that's a really interesting and helpful perspective. And I'm always thinking and, and wondering as you guys build these games, how do you guys think about, you know, kind of what you said, Marin, of selling NFTs and crypto and, and tokens? I mean, in one sense, like it's kind of this cool opportunity where some games can really fundraise in a quick way that they wouldn't be able to otherwise. Uh, they might not get to the VCs and ever have a shot to raise that much money. But if you sell, NFTs and tokens to community to retail investors and stuff like that and and say hey here are the benefits um then you can obviously raise capital at least especially in the bull markets a lot easier but then on the other side you see people release nfts so early and there's no gameplay for maybe even years to come so how do you guys think about that as a game how do you guys think about selling your nfts and, and tokens and when to do so if you're going to do so it's pretty close to a kickstarter honestly like, I just, I can't really see much of a difference because Kickstarter uses cryptographic algorithms to protect your purchase as well. It's not a blockchain, but essentially it's got a similar level of security coming from someone who's done cryptography before. Interesting. I did not know that. That's kind of cool. Well, fun fact of the day. <laughs> Manuel, what about for you guys at Trantorian? How are you guys thinking about, have you guys sold any NFTs or crypto tokens yet? Nope, not at the moment. We haven't sold any any tokens or any NFTs at the moment. We we don't plan on on launching a token for now. I mean, it's uh, it's it's not something that we are actually considering at the moment because we don't we don't have a use for it. I mean, we're using the the native token of the blockchain since it has low transaction fees and it works fine. We should we should stick with that. And NFTs actually, we're gonna release the NFT spaceships way closer to the release because what you said, we think that many many games rushed into selling NFTs, or, or as you said, many found it as a way of, of 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 funding their project, their development, and it's I I mean it's valid up to a point, but you know what happened is that many of them had a roadmap or or set things. They they set milestones that most of them didn't complete or didn't deliver at the at the expected time. They did I don't know they did many of them did bad jobs, just bad games. That is something that could happen, but I think that mainly that's that's a a problem that many have uh, at the moment. We haven't, but I think that that sometimes, for example, the the profile pictures they they work as a as a community binder let's say it's it's something that really ties people and people get 
attached to their profile pictures or, or their JPEGs, as many call them. I think that it depends on what you build around it, if it makes sense or not. Uh, that's just the, the, the path we are taking with this. Yeah, makes sense. Guy, I'm interested to hear what about Icons and Tia? Yeah, uh, we actually had an FT sale in February. Uh, we call our Genesis sale in which we sold mainly skins and cosmetic items for the game. So we didn't sell a, any NFTs, like, you know, they have like a higher, like, you know, uh, earning rate or, you know, they have better stats in the game. Like, you know, it's strictly the H-Win stuff. We sold instead collectible assets. So we sold like, you know, skins ranging from uncommon to legendary rarity, each like, you know, their different supply. Uh, we saw like Genesis, like playable icons that's gonna be like, you know, gonna have like a specific Genesis tags in the game and gonna earn XP points a little faster than like the common ones, but not like, you know, super huge benefit. Um, was mostly like kind of like, you know, to like another way, like for community, like, you not know, to support us already in the game development and have like a part of these assets that, uh, we're not gonna be selling, uh, down the line. We're not gonna be selling the Genesis icons. Uh, ever again so this is like you no know, whoever purchased like you no know, i think we have like a little over like 1000 different buyers uh, uh like you no know, community members have purchased like nfts in february so they participate it was a as a way like you no know, truck for them to acquire collectibles in which like you no know, down the line in the game they can use they can sell they can trade you know kind of like you no know, getting a taste of it um which of course enable like you know for us like to do a lot of things obviously like you know um for investment optics, that's like always a positive thing. As you, as you mentioned before, like, you know, uh, regarding tokens where NFTs, obviously, like, you know, that's, if you come after a successful sale, um, it helps, you know, in these optics and indeed helped us. But at the same time, like, you know, we are a little worried on the token side, especially releasing tokens before a game is released. A lot of like, you know, Web3 projects, especially during the, like, uh, the bull run last year, um, raise a lot of money on, on token sales only for those tokens to, you know, literally go like, you know, down 99%, um, and pretty much like, you know, kind of sinking the whole, the whole project in some ways. Uh, we are def definitely taking a much different route. Um, we also don't have any token plant, uh, for the time being, uh, is also, you know, even like a matter of question, if we're going to have like, you know, a token. We're more likely to release like you know a tokenized form for our creator platform rather than our the game itself. Um, I think like you no know, tokens in games. I think like you know you play around like you know with real real life economies like way too closely. I would say, uh, and that's like you not know, just a fact. Like we can prove by seeing how kind of, like you not know, these games that have tokens out like you know how intervened they are with like uh, <laughs> real crypto even like in you know, the real financial markets and i think like you know regards way too much thinking and kind of economy like if you're doing like you know something like you know that has a real bad currency that has a real respect to real currencies um it's like a whole different degree than just like kind of selling having game assets just such as nfts and um yeah that's, I think, the way we're going to be proceeding as well. Yeah, I always think it's interesting. You pointed out how difficult it is to potentially build a real-world economy in your video game. So not only do you have to build this amazing gameplay and lore and storyline or multiplayer, you're also now trying to figure out how do we actually build an economy, uh, which is not an easy job, uh, obviously. Uh, so there's lots of uh, difficulties there, for sure, Guy. I agree with you. Uh, I'm curious, as you guys... Kind of build out your game and build out your communities. I don't know where your communities are at, how big they are uh, quite yet. But one trend that I'm starting to see is more and more people speaking out in the space of like, hey, where are the actual gamers and not just crypto enthusiasts or investors? So for you guys' communities, I I'm where are they at right now? Are a lot of people there more so to talk about crypto NFTs? Are they mostly there excited for the game itself? Uh, how would you guys describe your community so far? Ours is probably 90% enthusiast and then 10% gamers. It's just, um, I don't know. It's hard to get into that space because, I mean, there has been big embarrassments in crypto, but it's in the, I truly believe in the future of gaming being Web3, but we're just in its infancy right now. You just see these giant mistakes everywhere. You know, like, it, oh God, I hate to bring it back to you again. 
just <laughs> making it seem like a horrible thing, but it was actually a great thing for crypto because how many people are brought into the space. But I mean, you know, they got hacked for X amount of dollars every every week. You hear some big hack somewhere. It just, it just dissuades people that, like, I have friends who are, oh God, you know, I don't know if I can spend forty dollars on this game this week. And I think the biggest thing is affordability. And then the second biggest thing is just making sure these things are secure as well. So I think we've got a long time before we can really get a lot of people into this space, especially gamers. Yeah, for sure. I mean, ourselves, it's hard to get to the to the gamer audience, but that's what we are aiming towards because we we are trying to to not avoid but we know that the blockchain is there and it's a it's a big audience and it's of course our first audience and the the first ones we're going to to get in the project because they're the ones that know blockchain they're the ones that want to get to see this through to see games getting incorporated to blockchain but after that i think that the most important thing is to aim towards gamers that's why ourselves we we have a all original lore which you said over there that it's something that it's key for us having a story having interaction with the community uh, in, in the future we plan to involve them in the development of the game i mean we there are many many decisions or directions that we can include them make polls make a a, a really nice interaction with them and and i think that that's our, our main focus at the moment and where we are going to. We know it, we have a, a long road ahead and we are working on, on an organic community. We're not doing any crazy promotions, any, I don't know, crazy clean campaigns. I, I realize that many of these big projects have a, a lot of audience, but they have no activity on their Discord servers or on their, on their pages, on their social media. And, and I think that the most important thing is to have a community that it's 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 actually happy and and they they are involved and they feel like a part of of of, of the project and I know that's that's what we are aiming and we know that it's it's a steady but but constant growth that we are working towards and and it's working and we think that that the community that we are building it's, it's the one that we we want. Yeah, it's great to hear. I think that's one of the beautiful things that I've heard about Web three gaming is that the community is really included in some of the decisions and the direction of the game and you're right it's very hard to build community right now because of most it seems like most people are there for those green campaigns or giveaways and so they're just bouncing from game to game to giveaway to giveaway uh, to find what they can earn what they can get out of it rather than really participating in the community so it's cool to hear that Trantorian's doing that uh, what about for icons of tia or wildlands like how are you guys uh bringing in the community to help create your games? Yeah, uh, regarding like no community, mainly like no uh, acquisition, um, we started obviously, you know, without a game, we saw like only the concept and ideas. Uh, naturally, like, you know, we on board, like, you know, primarily a majority of like no crypto enthusiasts. Um, but um, as time went by, I think like, you know, a lot of them like, you know, uh, also prove themselves to be like, you no know, gamers on their own. Um, I think like, you know, or, the corporate community right now, let's say, to make sure, like, you know, they are crypto enthusiasts, but also like, gaming enthusiasts. But uh, now that we have a game that we are very close to closed beta, that, you know, we have a product, that's the time where, like, you know, focus will be actually acquiring uh, Web2 users from now on. Uh, we'll be acquiring, like, traditional gamers. Like, and that's, like, you know, user position is going to be working very similarly to, let's say, any other mobile game, you know, ads. Um, influencer campaigns, etc. Focusing on the gameplay and the game first. Um, and for that end, you know, like, uh, we want to, like, you know, for users, regardless, like, you know, they are Web 2 or Web 3, like, natives, uh, to have, like, a big, like, you know, like, a voice at kind of, like, you know, um, helping us setting, like, you know, the next steps for the game, for what we're creating. Um, I think, like, you know, one of the things, like, you know, and that's the part of Web 3 that uh, it's a very nice concept, but hasn't been implemented like successfully uh, by anyone. I would say, like you know, the so like you know the fable like DAO part where like you no know, everyone has a vote, everyone's a voice. 
I think like, you know, it's much like, you know, it's a much easier said than done in that regard. Um, I would say like, you know, we don't have plans for a very clear DAO per se, but we have like, you no know, plans for like, you know, and that's what we are actually currently doing, like, you know, maintaining very close contact to the community, especially like, you know, Discord, um, asking for feedback, helping them like, you know, setting stuff, like, you know, even like, you know, they named uh, characters in the game. Like you know, we had a very fun contest where they named character in the game like you know community chosen name uh those sort of things like you know helps kind of like you know not only like you know engaging with the community but also having them feel they are part of the world of the game we're creating uh i also agree like you know lore plays a huge role at creating a successful game so also lore plays a, a central part of what we are creating and uh, not only like you know uh, creating the world but also engaging with your community and yeah for now one that's like you know our ideas would be like you know try to onboard uh, more like traditional gamers and then help them like you know like have them helping us like you know shaping the world shaping the game that we want to create that sounds great yeah i mean if you can really con- convey that to the community and get them involved that much then you know, in reality, they should be diehard fans for life. You'd think if they're actually feeling like, hey, we're not just here to play a game. We are actually partaking in the making of this game in some ways. You know, obviously, they're not, you're not giving full control to each individual member, but bringing them in in a way that seems meaningful, which is really cool. Uh, Mar, what about for you guys at Wildlands? What about you guys in your community? How do you, are you involving them in all in the process? We're involving them a little bit in the process. Like, we just, um, a lot of these people are smart. They have good ideas. And so I have a suggestions area and they just like, I being as transparent with development as I can every single week, I'll post something of what happened. And then like last a few weeks ago, I posted an announcement. And it's like, Hey, yeah, I really screwed something up. <laughs> it's, but you know, by doing that, we got people who were like, eh, okay, maybe the development's not going as well as I thought it was. But then I got incredible feedback. It was like having a team almost because I have a couple developers who are working with me because this is mainly just mine. It's all personal investment right now and everything along those lines. But they had some great ideas. And I was like, well, you know, that's better than the idea I have. I'm going to eat my pride and just probably implement that and then give them a little thanks somewhere, you know? And it's just a lot of these investors are smart too, because a lot of some of these people are gamers, some are investors and whatnot, and they all have different opinions on how things should be run. And it's just great to get a different opinion from the community. It's not like I'm going to have a thing that's like, oh, give me $500 and I'll name a dungeon after you. That's a great way of, um, of raising money, but that's just not my personal way of doing it. I think the best way a community can join with this, with my game is just, all of the announcements and give me your feedback on it. And they'll message me and say, well, that, that you know, I think that unit's going to be too strong or, you know, you're, you, you did something, maybe something I don't like here. And then I'll just go back and ask everyone again, what do you think of this change? And it ends up making it a better game because it's <laughs> dare I say decentralized in a sense, because of how many different people have probably made an edit to everything. That's kind of how we do it. Yeah, I love that concept. It's, you know, you still have to have strong leadership and you obviously have to have someone making the decisions, but the more and more smart people that you include their voices and and have them there to speak into the game, I think that's always going to be a benefit. And I love how you said that too. It's like, you got to have the humility as a leader to also be able to say, I got to swallow my pride so that, you know, maybe, maybe they are right. And maybe I'm wrong if we see it differently. So that's really interesting to hear about. Um, One quick Curious question that I had from from you guys is, uh, how did you guys pick your blockchains? Where, how did you guys land on um, the decision? Or are you guys eventually planning to become more of that like chain agnostic and being on multiple chains as some games have looked at doing? I initially chose the Tezos network because back in the day, I was I was doing math and cryptography in college, and Bitcoin was really catching my eye and everything. You know, my favorite part was just, it's so decentralized. I still have um, the original post from the guy who rec- who recommended proof of stake, who proposed the idea. It can be put down to one post on bitcointalk.org. And that fascinated me was that you could have 
I mean, it's 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 pretty much the same thing, except you ninety eight percent energy, ninety eight to ninety nine percent less energy being used from mining equipment to just use a proof uh, state based transaction kind of thing, a proof of consensus. Excuse me. And I I followed Ethereum and all that, but then Tezos was proposed, and they you know they raised a ton, and they were like, look, we're going to be proof of stake from the get go instead of having to update it like Ethereum was do it just did. And I love the self-amending blockchain concept. That was incredible. You know, you're getting rid of all forks and whatnot. And so I wanted it to get as decentralized as possible. But at the same time, regulation's great. You know, some guy can send $1,000 to the wrong wallet address, and then that's suddenly just burned and lost. And so you have blockchains like Solana, which are very centralized. But at the same time, they serve a purpose as well. So we're honestly here. I'm just taking a, a, a gamble. I love Tezos. I really hope things stay decentralized. So I'm going to stay on that network and eh, maybe go off to something else and be a little chain agnostic. Sweet. Uh, um, Manuel or Guy, you want to share? Yeah, sure. Of course. All right. We we chose Algorand. We're building on Algorand. Uh, 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 we, we did a big research back the beginning of, of this year when we when we already started developing we we went through all of them and and we thought for many 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 of the reasons that martin said we we find that algorand works just as fine it it's it's another proof of proof of stake uh blockchain it has really fast really cheap uh transactions it's it's a green blockchain it uses really low really low energy it has really great technological features that we actually think that will we can leverage and benefit from for for the development of the game of course but i mean at the end of the day we we're developing a game in in unity but but the blockchain aspect it's it's just something that we are we're we're as you say we think it has to be kind of kind of seamless for, for the user. But Algorand has great features for us and that's why we chose we chose it. Yeah, from our part, a uh, little simple here, like you know why we chose Polygon. Uh, we have a close relationship with Polygon teams, like one of our investors introduced us to the Polygon team and uh, we like their long-term vision. We, do, we like obviously like kind of like, you know, one of our prerequisites is that like, yes, a proof of work, like you know, something that doesn't you know kill the environment as you make transactions. Um, uh, something like you know that uh, is, can scale up, that uh, can potentially like you no, know, it's gonna be something like you no know, a net uh, a chain that will will be used for years to come, not kind of like you no know, just die off. But I think like the most important aspect was like you no know, after coming to their team. Uh, see like you know their views for you know the gaming ecosystem. See like their views of being like you know the the go to uh, chain for for gaming for for Web three gaming. I think like you no know, that was like you not know, something very very attractive for us as we chose Polygon earlier this year. Yeah, it's interesting to hear all your guys' reasonings and even the difference of reasonings between you guys and to see as well the almost feels like a a blockchain race like an arms war. <laughs> see who can get the most amount of games and the best games right now. But obviously we're still so early that things are going to continually change and I'm interested to see how those play out in the future. Uh, as we wrap up though, we'll give you guys a chance to shout out your game again, but kind of the last question I want to ask you guys is as you guys are building out these NFT games and, and web three games, what would you guys say have been the biggest challenges so far? Oh God, everything. <laughs> it's just like, there's um, just for Tesla specific problems, you know, of course, there's no perfect blockchain yet. It's all a giant arms race is here saying there's four different. So the, the Michelson is the language of Tezos, which is absolutely is hysterical because the guy made it a reference joke to the Michelson Morley experiment, which is the experiment that disproved ether. So he was making a big joke like it was the Ethereum killer. And so he. um. He made Michelson, but it's it's so complicated. It's like, why did you do like this? So people made metaprogramming languages for it. With Tezos, there's four of them. So whenever people are working on projects, there's even chain competition within Tezos. 
There's there's smart Python, which is another one. There's there's archetype OCaml, and just it's it's a mess. And even within the chain, things need to be put together. And so I'm, I don't maybe for other chains, you know, you have like Ethereum. They do that better in Tezos. There's one language, and it's not hard to learn. It's great. And so. I really hope people can get together on that. And then, of course, making a fun game, yada, yada, all that stuff. It's it's really everything, honestly. That's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the truthfulness of it. I mean, it, it sounds, as I said in the beginning of this podcast, it's very difficult to build a Web3 game. And so, yeah, I, <laughs> it's interesting that piece about Tezos. I didn't know that, but uh, that's yeah, I'm sure that makes things a little bit harder. Emmanuel, were you going to say something? No, yeah, the Web3 aspect is always a challenge. I mean, Algorand has its own language as well. It's based on Teal. And, but we're actually, we're getting lots of support from the Algorand Foundation and, and the community. It's amazing. And it, I know we know it's a challenge, but it's, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a fun one. And the other challenges, of course, are, as we said, the onboarding of, of just gaming community uh, to, to come into the project and lose their fear of, of falling into a Ponzi or a, or a scam or something like that. I think that's one of the of the biggest of the biggest challenges we face all as a as a web3 game. But of course the development of a game uh, being a unity game it, it has its challenges the game design everything but we're I mean there are fun challenges and great ones. But the whole road it's it's full of them. I think like you know, the road is more complex than just like you know when making a traditional game. Like you now making a game itself is like complicated enough. There is a lot of challenges and lots of like small details. Um, you know, like uh, it's kind of like you know a meme in gaming space, but like you know, um, the whole industry is played by like uh, games getting delayed or or shipped like you know with um, like bugs. You know, like uh, even like you know triple like that's that's very common even within triple A games. You know, like so. Obviously, like, you know, the, the game dev challenges are real and they are, like, very present in our game as well. But, um, you know, we also, like, you know, just getting through trying to fix one problem at a time. But also, like, you know, we have, like, this new problem, which, like, you know, the whole blockchain web three component. You know, implementation, how do, the way we want to have implemented our game, like, you know, how do the mechanics and even, like, you know, it's, it's everything as a whole, like... Uh, everything like end up coming together we have like kind of to you know balance like the game dev part with like you know web3 implementation every everything so it makes everything a little more complex let's say than just if you were just making a standard game which is like a fascinating problem of course like you know, to, to tackle because if done successfully uh, we can create something very special for this space uh, awesome uh, and that's what we are you know that's what we're passionate here about Balthazar is like we're not creating a game ourselves, but we we've talked to many of you guys and we hear the same things like, man, it is just difficult, even though we believe in web three gaming, NFT gaming, all that great stuff that comes with it. It's just it's difficult. So we want to be there to help you guys as much as possible. So thanks for taking the time today. Let's just go one by one. And again, uh, shout out your game. If there's any fun, maybe updates or things uh, that's coming up soon for you guys, let us know. And any place that we should be following along or if we want to join your community, where can we find you at? So Marin, I'll start with you guys in Wildlands. Yeah, so we're just a basic city builder and auto battler. I'm, I'm just purposely making the game very simple so we can hit our release dates and everything. It's not going to be some big complex game, but we're going to get things. We've gotten everything out on time so far, and I don't see why we're not going to be getting everything out, out in the future on time. You can find us on Twitter. At, um, you can just look at my profile and probably find it. Wildlands, Wildlands NFT. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> Thank you for the space. Yeah, thanks, Farm. Appreciate your time. Uh, it was great having you on, and especially jumping in here last minute to be an uh, extra guest for today. So thank you. It was great to hear your input. Uh, Guy, what about Icon Satia? Anything fun upcoming, and where can we follow you guys? Oh yeah, very fun indeed. Uh, you you guys can like you know uh, sign up like you know for for the closed beta over at iconsoftia.com. Uh, we're gonna probably have like you know in in the middle of November we're gonna have our close first closed beta. We're gonna be inviting like you know a couple of hundreds of users that sign up on our website to you know have a chance to test the game to play against other users, to climb leaderboards, to progress. So uh, we're going to be you know, 
super excited. We have been the team has been preparing for months for you know for the closed beta, just like kind of like you know finalize the final details, the last details before we, we ship like you not know, this very important milestone for us. So yeah, if you want to play a fun new Tetcar APG experience, make sure to check out our website and like you know sign up for the beta. There are links there for our socials as well. If you want like know any has have if you have any other questions about the game, you want to discuss a little bit more, like you know, there are all links to you know where you can reach us to us. Great. Looking forward to it. Thanks for being on here today and definitely wanna be jumping into the the beta and being playing more of Icons of Tia. Very interested to see how things progress as you guys update things. And thanks for being on. Uh Manuel, Trantorian, anything fun coming up? Uh anything uh, you want to shout out today? Sure, of course. We we just released our, our first gameplay trailer less uh less than a month ago. Uh we are going to be in a couple of sh- of live shows. We are we are working a lot in lore. We we do a lot of fun things on our Discord. I invite everyone to join us, join our Twitter, it's at Trantorianverse. Uh, what we said, we our shout out is to everyone out there to just join us, join us in this project and and be a part of it. And we 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 love your feedback, and we we actually take it into consideration, and and we think that's a, that's a great part. So we just invite everyone to to Trentorian. Great. Well, thank you, Manuel, for being here today. And uh, if anyone joined in halfway through or partway through the Twitter space, just remember that. All of these conversations will be posted to our podcast platforms at Balthazar NFT Gaming, so you can hear the full thing if you missed anything from our excellent guest today, Dee Manuel Marn. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Feel free to unmute. We're going to wrap it up and say goodbye. Appreciate you guys being on. Bye-bye, everyone. It was a pleasure. Thank- thanks Cheers. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks, thanks guys. Take care, everyone.